Welcome into the Basketball Index Podcast. I'm your host, Taylor, and today we're talking about the top passers this year in the 2024 season. So what I wanted to do was come at it from a data perspective because, obviously, (laughs) Basketball Index, but I wanted to talk about all the different ways we can break down passing to try to figure out who is, I guess, being the most effective passer in the league depending on you know your volume, your quality, your efficiency, you know all those things we take into account. But first I wanted to go through actually each individual category because I think that's an interesting way to look at the data. This all started the other night I was looking at the Lakers roster. I was looking at D'Angelo Russell and Austin Reeves and you know kind of frustrated with the Lakers season and trying to figure out if I could find something in the playmaking data to kind of help explain some of those frustrations where Reeves and D'Angelo Russell have had similar like workloads in terms of, of passers and different results absolutely in terms of quality. So it was one of those situations where Reeves was generating a pretty good amount of potential assists, which again is just where you pass the ball to a player and then they shoot it. So whether it goes in or not, it doesn't matter. It's just you're passing the ball, it's leading to a shot. And then the other side of that is what is the quality of that shot? So Reeves was doing a pretty good job of creating a decent amount of shots for teammates, but the quality of those shots were not very good. They're they're quite poor. So the things that come into that is your gravity, how much attention you're kind of taking from the defense, and then your ability to, you know, thread the needle to make, you know, we'll call them highlight passes. So if you're someone, like Russell Westbrook's a really good example of this, his ability to drive and get to the rim over and over and over again and force rotations makes, actually a lot of his passes pretty simple in terms of like kicks to the corner. And those players are oftentimes very, very open because he's forcing a rotation from the defense then he's passing the ball where the hole is then in the defense. And then that player is getting a very high quality shot. Russ has throughout his career created really good high quality shots for teammates. Actually still doing that even now on the Clippers. But with Austin Reeves, you know, something like if you're able to get to the rim all the time, that can create really good quality for for your teammates. Reeves isn't is not that type of player. He's more of a mid-range guy, pick and roll, pull-up shooting, and that doesn't have the same ability to move defenders. So that's one reason why his quality isn't as high. And then the other part of it is like D'Angelo Russell when you watch him play, his it's a combination of things, but his level of coordination lets him do things, lets him puts like he can like He can throw the ball through a window that's unbelievably small that other players might not, they might not see the window. And then even if they see the window, they'd be like, "Mm, that that seems, that's too risky. So his ability to not only, you know, he has gravity, his ability to pull pull people away with his shooting. And again, Reeves has a little bit of of mid-range gravity, but D'Angelo Russell's pull-up three-point shooting game is stronger. And again, his ability in the pick and roll to, throw the ball through smaller windows is just much more advanced much 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 more advanced so that it probably is handle stronger too so when he is kind of breaking players down in the mid like mid drive his ability to like change directions and then 
from that still be able to throw the pass he needs to throw. So there's a lot that goes into it. So it's not just, I think sometimes in my head, I oversimplify it where it's like, oh, you just have somebody that can just be like all gas, no brakes, get to the rim over and over and over again, and then pass it from the inside out for open shots on the perimeter. I think that's the most basic way we think about it because it's really straightforward when you see that. And then there's kind of the opposite of like the, like Steve Nash, where he can, He's throwing the ball like through people's legs, behind their back, behind his head, and he's throwing it through windows that like don't even exist. So like mirror dimension, Doctor Strange stuff. So there's there's more than one way to skin a cat when it comes to creating for your teammates. I think that the second one's just a lot harder because you have to have beyond skill, like you almost have to be able, like you have to have like a sixth sense or something like that. So all that being said, that's what got me interested in comparing and contrasting all these different passing metrics that we have. It's it's really nice. So we have playmaking talent, which has five different metrics that we all kind of throw in a blender and then out pops one passing stat that's really good, really easy to use. We have additional passing stats on top of that on the site. You can look at something like, like high value assist, for instance, which is an assist at the rim at the three-point line or that leads to free throws. So that's like Another that can be similar to passing creation quality, which is the quality of the looks for players, but it's not always the same. So there's there's lots of different numbers you can look at. So I wanted to start. We're going to break down all five categories and look at who's leading the league in each one. And then at the end, we're going to talk about who is uh, at the top in terms of just overall playmaking talent. So we're going to start with top 10 or like five, five or 10. We'll maybe just touch on some names here in passing creation volume, which again, this is just your ability to create potential assists. And part of this like load does factor in here because you're gonna need to have the ball in your hands a lot to be able to create a lot of shots for teammates. So obviously pretty simple. So you do run into problems where if you're just looking at volume, you're not gonna have three teammates at the top of the list. It's just, there's it's the one ball problem, right? So. This is an important factor, but it's not the only factor. I would say volume and quality are the two most important. And then after that, we're going to talk about passing efficiency, which how much you turn the ball over, uh, passing versatility, the different types of passes that you make. And then the last is on-ball gravity, which is like a measurement of how much the defense reacts to you. So the creation volume and the quality are definitely the two most important pieces, but you have to understand that if you're in a situation where you have the ball in your hands all the time, maybe you're on a really bad team, that volume can easily get higher than probably it should be and you're gonna get a little bonus there. And then kind of the opposite, if you just can't get that volume high enough, you could be concerned a player, like Cam Thomas comes to mind on the nets where I don't know what he becomes right now. He's a, a chucker. He's a scorer that is fairly young, that is interesting, that has some explosiveness to his game. So there are always a, a fair amount. Like Bones Highlands, another guy that kind of comes to mind that's that type of player. They're really small. They're normally bad at defense. Um, Jordan Clarkson's an older version of that player, but there's some instant offense to them. And then when you look at their passing numbers, depending on their situation, depending on the player, Someone like Cam Thomas, his passing creation volume is so low. It's unbelievably low. And that could be multiple things, but in a multi-season kind of sample, you can say this person just doesn't, one, see the passes that need to be made, or two, their their personality as a player just isn't to pass the ball. So 
it's it's not like a one season and done type thing, but over the course of maybe like three years, if the passing creation volume is consistently low and their their offensive you know, like your true usage is, is decent, then you can kind of start to put those pieces together of like, oh, okay, like this might be a problem. Uh, but let's look, Tyrese Halliburton, number one, Chris Paul, number two, Trey Young, three, Luka, four, and Jokic, five. So I think, you know, that makes a lot of sense. Chris Paul's been at the top of this list for like the last 15 years. Again, this is creating potential assists. So having the ball a lot, passing the ball that's leading to shots for other players. You'll see Jokic, the only big of the group. He's he's the only, actually, scratch that. Sabonis is at 10, so that's another name there. Um, other guys on the list, James Harden, Devin Booker, you know, talked a lot about his increased playmaking load in Phoenix, and I voiced a lot of concerns over that, but it seemed to be you know, going pretty well this year. I was looking at just our updated data, and he has been pretty strong across the board. Um, Leek Monk is an impending free agent. That'll be interesting. His playmaking since he's been in Sacramento the last two years has been really good. And then, interestingly enough, Trey Jones, the point guard on the San Antonio Spurs. I've liked Trey Jones. I don't know ultimately how good he is. I definitely think he's an NBA player. And I know earlier in the year he wasn't. Uh, there was some like Sohan versus Trey Jones running the show arguments, and it was like obviously Trey Jones. Like this is even. I don't even know how you could be having this argument. But, uh, yeah, those are the top guys this year in passing creation volume, again, leading to potential assists. Of those players, I'm going to look really quick, just pull it up, because there's somebody with a really low quality. So everybody's pretty good on the quality there, just you know, in the top 10. But Chris Paul, he's the one guy where it's a lot lower. Like, he has an F in quality created for other players. And I think a lot of that is... Chris Paul just like has very little gas left in the tank. When you see him play, it's not nearly what it used to be maybe three or four years ago. He's extremely old. He's 38, and he's been banged up this year. And then also part of it is Golden State does take they will they will like he'll take some crazy shots off screens. So sometimes when he's feeding you know Clay Thompson off a movement screen, like those are those are going to be tough shots. But yeah, of of the top. Uh, you know, volume guys, everybody's pretty good here in terms of quality, except, oh, sorry, also Trey Jones. So Trey Jones and Chris Paul, their their quality is significantly worse than the other players. So let's move on to quality. Let's look at quality. So again, this is really important. If you can pass the ball to players and they're very, very open when they shoot it, that's extremely valuable. But, you know, you do have to take into account the, the volume side of it because number one Jalen Suggs he is the number one player in passing creation or sorry passing yeah creation quality this year and he has a D in volume so he doesn't pass the ball a ton but when he does pass the ball it's extremely high quality normally what that means in our data not always but normally is that player is often a good ball mover where they're not like, let's say Palo drives, he gets a lot of defensive attention. He kicks it to Jalen Suggs in the corner or at the wing. And the defense is now in rotation. So now someone has to rotate over to Suggs. And then Suggs will make that extra pass that leads to the third magic player then getting a really high quality shot. So it's not that Suggs probably created a lot of these advantages because, again, the volume is so low because you just... On the on the bright on the nice side, like a lot of these problems just sort of work themselves out. If you're a player that is continually 
creating wide open shots for other players on your team, your team will just naturally give you the ball more or the coach will give you the ball more because like they're not dumb in the NBA. They're not like, well, this guy's creating the best quality looks in the league by a country mile, but we don't we don't need to put let's not put the ball in his hand so uh ball mover is normally how we kind of talk about those guys here at basketball index which again is a really good skill to have because those extra passers can really help an offense create better quality shots so jalen suggs at one paul george at two he's having a phenomenal year again the quality is really good but he's a c in volume so not a you know huge playmaking hub but you know probably good ball movement out of there you know, because again, the volume's so low, but also Paul George does do more things. Like his offensive role is a shot creator. He is self-creating. He has a really strong handle. And then some of that lower volume is going to be you're on a team with Kawhi Leonard and James Harden, and there's one ball. So everybody's volume can't be an A plus, right? Because again, there's just so many assists. There's so much ball handling to go around. So you could say, okay, Jalen Suggs at the top, really good quality, really low volume. And then you look at his offensive role. He's a stationary shooter, you know, okay, ball mover. That makes sense. And then Paul George, again, really great quality, a C in volume, but in a shot creator role. So still creating advantages, but then also probably doing a good job ball moving as well. So you want that kind of additional uh, two strong different kind of passing skills. After that, we got Scotty Barnes at three, Josh Giddy at four, and Cade Cunningham at five. Scotty Barnes has had a really great season. He's made a lot of jumps across the board in almost all of our metrics. This type of playmaking is really exciting. I think of him as like an Andre Iguodala type. I don't think his scoring is ever going to be super elite, but really good defensive player, good passer, some scoring, versatility. I really like him a lot as a building block player. And, you know, digging further into the stats, the quality is really good. The volume is good. The versatility is good. Like he's doing lots of good things and he has one of the higher playmaking talents in the league. I think he's ninth overall, kind of a spoiler for later in the episode. So Scotty Barnes, really, really exciting. Josh Giddy's an interesting guy because he basically can't score, but he's like a passing savant. So high on this list, good quality. And then Cade Cunningham. This is a guy that we have had a lot of questions about. I've had a lot of questions about because it's hard to evaluate a player when the team is this bad and then he missed what was it most of last year with an injury so the especially with early guys you just want to see him play a lot so anytime you're creating this type of quality like number five in the league on good volume that i mean i am much less nervous about Cade now than maybe i was a year ago so that's really good and then other guys on the list you know luca Franz Wagner's on here, Trey Young, Dante DiVincenzo on here, and then Carl Anthony Towns. So that's kind of just rounding out the top quality guys. Again, DiVincenzo would be a ball mover. I've always really, he, he really understands what, he has a high basketball IQ. He knows what to do. He has an F in volume, but he has an A in quality. So again, that means you're, you're an off-ball shooter that is moving the ball. You're not creating the advantages, but you're continuing the advantages, right? Um, obviously, you know, guys like Trey Young, Carl Anthony Towns, underrated passer. He's always had pretty strong passing data in our, our system. And, uh, yeah, it's just kind of a, a part of his game. that's not talked about a lot. Uh, let's move on to passing efficiency. So passing efficiency is your 
how much you turn the ball over relative to how much you have the ball. Because the problem is if you just look at raw turnovers, it's always going to be players that have the ball a ton. And you, you need to do a little bit of math there to like figure out the you know time spent on ball, the true usage of the player, and then like the assists, and then like the turnovers like kind of come more into like what's expected, right? So this just basically does all the work for you, so you don't have to you don't have to like think. <laughs> uh, but yeah, passing efficiency, Chris Paul at the top, Peyton Pritchard number two, SGA number three, that's huge. Uh, Tyus Jones number four, he's always near the top. Tyrese Maxey, number five. So I talked about this before at the beginning of the episode. Your volume and your quality are by by far the two most important things. It's not even close. And turnovers, they're, they're just sort of a part of playmaking. I've looked into this. Other people have done research on it. Basically, if you're going to make a lot of high quality passes, you're going to turn the ball over a fair amount. And that just is what it is. If you can take care of the ball on top of that, that's really great. Like I think Tyrese Halliburton has crazy volume, crazy quality, and then also has pretty good uh, efficiency, which is fantastic. But what I want to talk about here is turnovers become a problem at a team level. So if you have too many turnovers at a team level, that can really really harm your offense and just make it so hard to to just do things. But if you have one player at the top that is, you know, making a lot of things happen, but they're also turning the ball over, it's not the end of the world. Because, like, if you just look at the top, top, top passers, these are the players with an F in passing efficiency. Trey Young, Luka, Cade Cunningham, LeBron James, uh, Darius Garland, he's a pretty quality passer. Uh, Steph Curry, like you're just going to throw the ball away a lot. So this has a smaller weighting in the the playmaking talent formula because again, turnovers do matter, but you just understand that it kind of comes with the territory of if you're thread needles, like you're going to miss sometimes. But one caveat I do want to add on top of that, if you can be a high volume passer and a high efficiency passer and your quality isn't very high, that can be a way to kind of circumvent. Let's just say maybe you don't have the insane athleticism to get to the rim 100 times a night like Russell Westbrook, or you're not Steve Nash throwing it through like portals that don't exist. But your ability to just sort of run the offense, right? Like you think of like, who's that? Uh, He was the quarterback. Like Alex Smith would be a good example of this. That's not who I was thinking of, but Alex Smith is a quarterback that did not have a huge arm, that eventually became a productive player because he was just like, we're going to run the offense. I'm going to throw the ball where it needs to go. There's going to be a lot of like five-yard gains, and I'm not going to turn the ball over a lot. And if the team's pretty good around me, we're going to be competitive in a lot of games. And like there is some truth to that. Like, that will work. <laughs> you start to get a little game manager. But on an NBA team, if you have a, a guard that's a game manager, it can actually really help grease the wheels of your offense. So we talked about it. Chris Paul, still effective as a passer, right? Not dominant, but the volume is high and the efficiency is really high. So his ability to just deliver the ball where it needs to go is still good, even though the quality really is struggling. So that's just a very, very long way of saying there are ways to kind of shore up your game. And if you're just never throwing the ball away, I mean, like, this is the way you think about it, right? So if I'm 
you know, passing the ball to the corner and it's a wide open shot over and over and over again versus a heavily contested shot over and over and over again, right? There's going to be some variance in the amount of points you're getting. But if you throw the ball away in the corner, you might as well just count that as you wouldn't assign it to the player in the corner, but you could assign that as just like a missed shot for the offense. So if you can just deliver the ball there every single time and your players shoot a lower percentage, like you see what I'm getting at? Like there's there's a math equation. There's like the two sides to this sort of, uh, what is it, seesaw? What is that? What's the thing on the playground where you sit and one side goes down, the other side goes up, and vice versa. <laughs> uh, but basically what I'm saying is you can you can avoid <laughs> some issues by having high efficiency where maybe you're not shining in the quality department. But let's move on. Uh, let's talk about passing versatility. This is the last one that's the passing stats of, of the five that make up playmaking talent. This one is the weirdest one, I think, because it's tracking something that uh, is I, I don't know we we do think about it but basically what it looks at is do you make lots of different types of passes because if you are a player that's only capable of like doing one or two things the defense can then figure that out and take it away but if you're LeBron like peak LeBron could drive from the wing he could get to the center of the court and because he was so big he could throw it over his defender He'd overpower him, and then he could he could throw it to both corners. He could throw it to the dunker spot. He could throw it to the wing. Like, there was not a place, especially, like, second-run Cavaliers LeBron. There were basically no blind spots in his passing where the entire court was open when he would pick up his dribble and that he could spray it to shooters in every, like, every nook and cranny of the court. But it just stressed the defense so much. It was crazy. So that's what passing versatility is. You're just ability to make a lots of different types of passes. Um, LeBron at one, Victor Wembanyama at two, which is very interesting. Klay Thompson at three, James Harden at four, and then CJ McCollum at five. Um, other guys on this list, Durant, Jamal Murray, uh, Chris Middleton. He's been a pretty good passer for a long time. But Victor Wembanyama being on here is interesting. I wonder how much of like the his size confuses the stat. <laughs> Uh, or I don't know. He probably could just pass over. He could literally pass over anyone. So I could, maybe he's just he is making lots of different types of passes. No window is really ever closed. The window doesn't even exist. You just uninstall the window, take the screen door off. It's just open. Uh, and then Clay Thompson's always had some uh, some interesting playmaking values in our our system. He is a guy again, not a huge volume passer, but good versatility um, and has created some good quality in the past as well. So. Those are our five passing stats. Again, volume and quality, the most important. Efficiency, versatility, also factors. And then the last one, on-ball gravity. This is So this doesn't have to do with your passing. This has to do with your scoring. But this is a really big part of the equation. I didn't understand this maybe two years ago to the level I do now, where the gravity element is so important because if you just look at a bunch of passing stats, you can kind of feel that something's missing. It's hard to put your finger on it, but you're like, well, hold on a second. There's, there's especially the, so like the guys at the very, very top, you know, your Lucas, your Trey Youngs, your James Hardens, those are really, really obvious, but your scorers whose secondary skills are passing, that's where you need the gravity element to capture it in statistics better. Like Kawhi Leonard is someone I think of where his ability to, you know, score over and over and over again, 
is a big part of what makes his passing better because he's not like like he's just not Trey Young. He never like if you had if you asked him to do what Trey Young does, he wouldn't be as good at it. So the the on ball gravity part of it is really important. Joel Embiid is another player that really benefits from that. Where again, he's huge and you know, can throw it over people, but the gravity at the center of the court when he drives that helps create things for him as a passer that isn't a passing skill i guess what we were trying to quantify earlier so an on-ball gravity luca at one dame at two steph at three booker at four jalen brunson at five jalen brunson's another guy where like his volume's always been good but his so he's been a volume and efficiency guy but his quality has never been amazing but you start factoring that in with the on-ball defense and you start like putting more I guess more data points together and it like fully shapes what he's able to do as an offensive player than just, you know, maybe being good in one metric and not so good in another. So on ball gravity, a really important part of the formula that isn't, you know, just straight up passing. Uh, so that was like a pretty in-depth look at players excelling in different areas, which I thought was pretty fun. I don't know. Maybe I'll, I don't know. Do I have time to make a graphic? Sometimes I wonder, guys, I'm like, should I make like a nice shiny graphic about the notes from the episode or should I just screenshot the uh, <laughs> the really messy Google sheet that I'm working in? Uh, and then just finishing off, I'm just going to name the top 10 players in playmaking talent this year. Uh, Tyrese Halliburton at one, Trey Young at two, Luke at three, James Harden at four, Cade Cunningham at five. So those were our top five this year. And then after that, LeBron at six, Jokic at seven, Devin Booker at eight, Scotty Barnes at nine, and Josh Giddy at ten. I would say the most interesting thing here is Jokic at seven. That's pretty low for him. He's normally right at the tippy top. But he has the worst quality created for teammates of his career this season, which is interesting because... The Nuggets are playing pretty well, and this is something where, like, when you're this good and you're at the top of the list every year in these stats, like, there's just going to be some variation, but it's a little bit more than that. It's a little surprising just because, again, it's still it's still good, but it's just not at the level that we're used to seeing for Jokic kind of season after season, especially playing at an MVP level. So that's just one little caveat. Again, he's still top seven in playmaking talent, not really a, a, a big uh like concern or anything is more of an interesting interesting kind of data point there where he's normally in the mix for the top guy and this year he clearly not so uh yeah it's gonna round it out for the top passers of the season so far here in 2024 uh if you want to talk to me on twitter at taylor metrics and we'll see you on the next episode of basketball index podcast